so good to see each and every one of you here this evening. And I believe that even as you have come, you know, I think actually Roger kind of preached part of my sermon. <laughs> it's, you know, it's good to be here and I'm so glad that uh, each and every one of you are here this evening. It's wonderful. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, it's so good to see you. Yeah, it's so good to see you, Pastor Gwen. I thought you're not coming today. That's why I'm preaching. And you are here. Wow, this is called cheat my feelings, huh? <laughs> right. It's awesome. And I believe, oh, Pastor Linda cut your hair. Wow. <laughs> God is good, yeah? Is God good to you? Amen, amen. I'm sure the last couple of weeks, you guys uh, have been living your lives quite at the edge of the seat, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I was, because we have been through so much in this nation, and so much has happened. How, how many of you ran out of data this month? <laughs> no, but nobody? Well, I was so happy that Maxis gave me a I think 30 gigs of data, and I thought, wow, I'll never finish it. But uh, this month, oh, I finished almost all my data. Why? Because so many exciting things are happening. Of course, you know, in our whole election, uh, you know, activities that have been taking place. And also, how many of you love the royal family? Any royal family fans here? No one? I see one hand right behind. I have a fan. How about you? Raise your hand. Yeah. You know, it was so amazing. And I remember last Saturday, I said, oh, it's the royal family, a royal wedding. And I'm like, oh, we're in church. <laughs> so it was a tough choice. Go to church or watch the royal family's wedding. <laughs> but of course, we were all in church. So it's been an amazing time. And I tell you, we were, during the time when they were trying to tabulate all the election results and things like that, Okay, we were in, the, in our kitchen having our dinner. And I remember putting up the iPad, you know, and flipping it to an angle where all of us can watch. It was like watching badminton, you know, 2018. Suddenly, 24, 26. Oh my goodness, our hearts were going duke, 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 duke. And how many of you didn't sleep? Yeah. Some of you didn't sleep because... You, you said if you sleep, then something happened, no? <laughs> so it's been amazing. And, and, you know, Ashlyn was asking me, what, what's going on? Ah? Why? I said, well, Ashlyn, it's okay. It's too complicated to uh, give you a, a rundown of what's going on. Just, uh, it's red versus blue. <laughs> you know, we were just, we were just joking. And it's, it's God is doing something amazing in our nation. Amen? Amen, amen. So there are lots of headlines, Royal Wedding, the Malaysia's new cabinet, you know. How many of you bought chocolates for chocs for cops today? Anyone? So many? No? No one? No one at all? Well, a lot of things has happened, right? We also heard about the Malaysian debt, one trillion, one trillion ringgit. Wow, that's a lot of money. And how many of you are going to watch Star Wars after this? So quiet one. Nobody? I thought there would be some Star Wars fans here. So quiet. But let me just tell you this. Today, I want to share with you today's headlines. You know what today's headlines is? Jesus 
walks on water. And as I was praying and wondering, what was it that I should be preaching about this weekend? And I remember a time when I was reading, you know, the children's Bible. How many of you know that when you read the children's Bible, a lot of revelations will come? Anyone experience that? If you've never experienced it, go, go back. You don't have to buy, huh? You can go and borrow a children's Bible. You read, and there'll be a lot of amazing nuggets that you can find along the way. And so today, I want to share with you about Jesus walking on water. So will you turn with me? You got your Bibles? Can you turn with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 to 34? Right? Matthew 14, 13 to 34. And in this passage, I believe you've got it. If not, then there is a, it's all on the screen. And I want to quickly read it to you. Let's read from the Jesus feeding the 5,000. Right? Verse 13, it says, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Verse 17, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fishes. They answered, bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks broke the loaves, then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate, they were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 besides women and children. And of course, on we go to verse 22, where Jesus walks on water. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Do you know why the disciples were terrified? Because it was the fourth watch. It was between 3 to 6 a.m. So that's why they were wondering, who could that be walking on water? And they cried out in fear. Verse 27, but Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. 
and began to sink. He began to sink. And what happened? He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. If you have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then, then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed on Gennesaret. In John chapter 6, verse 21, it did say this even. They were willing to take Jesus into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. How many of you know, if you are with Jesus, you get to, the, to your destination that quick. In a, just in a twinkling of an eye, you will arrive with Jesus. And now, I just want to share with you a few things. If you remember, this miracle happened just after Jesus had been, born, uh, had been told about the horrible death of his cousin, John the Baptist. He wanted to be alone and he wanted to go away to mourn. Right? And, and to grieve about the death of his cousin. But the crowd saw him, and he be, the crowd began to press in on him, surrounded him, getting into the boat, and going to a deserted place. But the crowd followed him around the shore, and so he let go of his own needs and tended to the people, teaching them, healing their sick, and giving them food for their bodies as well as their souls. Today, I want to talk to you about faith walking experience. I believe Pastor Gwen has shared before, a couple of months ago perhaps, talking about being a faith walker. Today, I want to talk to you about a faith walking experience. It is your choice today, as you sit here in this particular hall, whether you want to choose to walk a faith walking experience or you want to walk a very safe and predictable one. What can we learn? As we were reading the scriptures that we have just read, what can we learn from what we read? If you're taking notes, number one, this is one thing that you have to know. Storms will come. Storms will come. It will come your way. The storm arose while the disciples were working. They were busy working and the storms came. Verse 22 says, Jesus made them get into the boat and go ahead of them. How many of you know that even though you are doing the will of God, you are walking and you are serving Him, the storms of life still comes? How many of you experience that? Could you raise your hands? Yes? And so you always wonder, how come? God, did I hear you wrongly? No, perhaps not. Perhaps God led you to this point, but God still allowed this storm to come into your life. Will you turn to your neighbor and just put your hand on your neighbor's back and pat him and say, or her, says, hey, storms are part of life. Get ready. It's true. But I learned, I learned this recently, and in this, I want to share that there are a couple of different types of storms. Storms that will happen to you that is meant for correction. 
storms that come your way that are meant for correction. And there's also another type of storm that comes to you as a storm of preparation. A storm of correction, a storm of preparation, or you can say a storm of alignment and a storm of perfection. Can you recognize God in the midst of a storm? Just imagine along with me if you were on that boat together with all the disciples. You were there in there together with the 12. What would you have done? It was actually, a, you can see from the picture, you know, you can't just stand, you know, and then the waves are not those kind of gentle ones. The Bible says it was a tempestuous storm. It was a very strong storm. The winds were blowing and things were moving and perhaps they could even try to make sure the boat did not capsize. So a lot of things were going on. But from a faraway place, Jesus was walking on water and he was approaching. And as he approached, what happened? He knew the disciples were afraid. He knew the disciples were trying to control and get things under control. But were, were they able to? No. But Jesus came and Jesus said, what did he say? He said, take courage. It is, it is I. So, at a point in time when he said, take courage, it is I. What happened? Peter began to recognize that it was, that it was, it was Jesus. It was him and the storms. Now, think, think with me, if you are in this particular situation, would you be able to recognize God in the midst of your storm? Would you be able to see God despite going through the things you're going through? So Peter recognized Jesus in the storm. Now, it's one thing to be expecting God's presence to come to you in a certain type of form and blessing. But what if God comes to you otherwise? Are you able to recognize Him? Can you recognize the presence of God in the midst of a storm of pain and uncertainty? He was quick to recognize Peter. Can you see the presence of God in these stormy situations? God brings out. God brings out the best in you during a storm. Can you say amen? When you go through a storm, perhaps a storm of correction, a storm of alignment, whatever it is, God brings the best out in you. Of course, He also does bring the worst out in you as well. Like, you know, because when you are all upset and all, every kind of words will come out, right? Right? All kinds of words. But also, but God brings out the best in you during the storm. And God uses the storm of life to get us to trust Him at a deeper level. Are you going through a storm on, in life right now? Are you going through something in your life? God uses these things to bring growth in our lives, to bring about a maturity in our faith. So Peter knew it was the Lord. He says, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 20, it says, Since it is you, 
if it is you, Master, if this is you, command me to come to you. Would you ever even say that? Command me to come to you. I think most of us would say, Jesus, will you please just stop the storm? Stop the storm from happening. But Peter said this, command me to come to you. So there was a willingness and openness to attend. Peter said, if you command me, it was a suggestion to God, isn't it? If you command me, I will come to you. In other words, Peter was saying this, if it is you, God, enable me to do what you are doing. Enable me to do what you were doing. So what did Peter do? See? Jesus said this to him. Jesus said, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, Jesus said, come. And at the one word, the one word that Jesus uttered, he said, come. Peter stood up, he leapt out. He stepped out. And that's my third point. We can learn from this that if you are to step out, you are to step out. There are some of us here in this room, you, you have sensed a stirring of God in your heart. You have sensed that God is doing something deeper. Sense of calling of God to do something great, something extraordinary. And you are not satisfied with just living your lives in this routine of life, in this red race, you are not satisfied because you know that God wants you to do something more. And we are meant to do something more. You know, in Daniel 11.32, it says this, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall we corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong. And do mighty, mighty things, mighty exploits. So you and I are not meant to live your lives just routine. Just a mundane routine. You and I are meant to do great things. And Jesus said, Jesus himself said this, we can do greater things than he, do, than he did. You can do greater things. You don't have to lead a routine life, living a life that is average. Of course, it is your choice. Tell your friend next to you, it's, it's my choice. It's my choice to decide whether I want to step out and to begin walking a faith-experiencing walk, faith-experiencing journey, or you want to just stay in the comfort of your boat. Stay in the comfort of where you were. Or you want to step out. John 14, 12 also said this, 14, 12 to 14. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Romans 8, 37 says, no, in all these things, we are more than Conquerors, 
We are more than conquerors. Of course, my favorite verse is Jeremiah 29, where the Lord says this, that God says that I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you a hope in the future. But the decision and the choice is really, really in your hands. Do you want to walk a normal life? Do you want to walk a life which is just below average or average? Or you want to step out? You know, recently our church has started this one-minute witness thing. One-minute witness. How many of you attended one-minute witness? You know, it really challenges you, don't you think, to step out in faith? To really step out and say, God, okay, I'm going to talk to this stranger. What is this stranger going to do? You know, what's he going to think of me? He's going to think of me some, like some weirdo or whatever. But, you know, those of us who have stepped out, you would have experienced amazing things. Perhaps some of us, as we shared the gospel, someone's life was changed forever. Why? Because you chose to do it. You can also choose not to. It's your choice. But if you choose to do it, God can use you mightily. So today, I want to ask all of us here, what is your boat? What does your boat represent? What does it represent? Well, to me, it represents anything that is comfortable. Security gives me security. Anything that perhaps is a familiar ground. Anything perhaps that is within my knowledge, within my wealth and ability, and perhaps even within my upbringing, it's a safe place. But stepping out of your comfort zone, just like Peter, actually it's crazy, isn't it? Is it safer to be in the boat than to step out? Have you thought of that? It's crazy to step out into the storm. No wonder the other disciples didn't follow. They must be thinking, you crazy nut. Why would you have done that? But stepping out of our comfort zone for some of us is talking merely about even getting up from bed. For some of us, it's so hard to even pull yourself out from bed. And with the fact that you, are, you got up, you got ready for work, and you left is already a step of faith. So whatever it is, whatever your boat situation is, I encourage you, step out. And the fourth thing I want to share with you is this. It's okay to fail. Can you tell your neighbor next to you? It's okay to fail. It's okay. Because that's not where it ends. Tell yourself this. It's okay to fail, self. Because that is not where it ends. Amen? Is that where it ends? No. That's not where it ends. Look, after all, Peter was the only one who got out of the boat. Peter wanted, he had that desire that he wanted to step out 
and walk with Jesus. And he wanted Jesus to share with him his absolute faith and trust in God. He wanted to bridge the distance between a worldview that told him that all his fears and doubts made perfect sense. And a worldview that said all things are possible for those who trust in him. You know, sometimes you come to church, you hear the word of God, and then you go back to your real lives and your real situation, and you find it hard to reconcile what you've just heard and walking in the real world. But I, I challenge you this, that even as you try, it is okay to fail. God never said that, you know, you try and you cannot fail. It is okay to fail. And, and Peter failed, didn't he? As he walked on water, fears and doubts began to creep into his heart. And he became overwhelmed with the very fact that, oh my goodness, I'm walking on water and I'm sinking. Because reality keeps hitting him in the face. The water kept splashing on him. He begins to walk, yes, but even as he walks, reality becomes more real. But the important thing is, he stepped out. He stepped out. Peter just had enough faith to let go of what he normally trusted, of the safe and familiar represented by the boat. Remember that he was a fisherman, so he knew all these things. He's very familiar. And for a few breathless moments, he did walk with Jesus. Fully, completely, without doubt. You know, all of us here, we all have faith, right? And we all step out in faith. Okay, we can do this. Come on, you know, let's go. You know, let's go on a Sarawak missions trip, you know. And let's go, you know. And we are so full of faith. And then when we start halfway, you're like, no more faith left. The tank half filled, you know. And that's it. Maybe some of us here are thinking of asking a girl out. It's okay, ma, you can ask, ma, what's the worst that can happen? No, law, gonna reject it, law, but it's okay, right? It's okay, you should ask Darren, what if he didn't propose to me? So he won't be so, he won't live such a blissful life, huh? Right, Darren? He took the leap of faith. How does he know I would say yes? <laughs> but you see, the important thing is you, you try. You try, you step out. So he stepped up when the rest held on to the boat and expect God to do something miraculous when they themselves were not doing anything. God, save me, save me. God, help me to walk in faith. God, help me, you know. But what are you doing? What are we doing? Are we stepping out? Are we saying, God, I want to walk this faith walking experience. Oh God, you do it, eh? you do everything, I just stay in this boat where it's safer. I don't need to practice my faith. I don't need to exercise my faith. No. The rest of the disciples stayed on 
We may not walk on water, but we walk through situations that may overwhelm us or cause our faith to waver and lack in trust. The conversations that goes on in our mind, I think always is this. What if I fail? But let me tell you, ask you this. What if you succeed? What if by stepping out, you succeed? What if by stepping out, you experience the power and the demonstration of God in your lives? What if? I read this and I found it very interesting. It says, if you have a perceived idea that you will fail rather than succeed, then you will succeed in failing and fail to succeed. Right? So there are times where we start out strong, perhaps full of faith, but our faith falters. That doesn't necessarily mean we failed. So when Jesus failed, what happened? As he was sinking, what did he do? What did he do? Am I alone in this hall? <laughs> what did he do? He said, Lord, save me. He did. Good thing he asked God to save him and not ask his, his, his friends in the boat. Nah. He said, Lord, save me. And what did Jesus do? In the scripture, he says, immediately. Can you tell your friend next to you, he said, immediately. Immediately. Jesus stretched out his hand, got hold of him, and yanked him up. Peter was smart. He knew who to call for help. Do we know who to call for help? We must know who to call for help. And Jesus said this, as he heard the disciples being afraid and wondering, oh my goodness, is and then they see this figure. You know, it says, it's a ghost. But actually, when I read further, you, it is actually talking about phantasma, which is a phantom, which is a, it is an appearing, right? So it's like, oh, there's an appearing out in the ocean, out in, at the waves. Who could it be? Oh my goodness, so scary. You know? But Jesus said this. He already knew, right? He said this. Take courage. Jesus said, take, take courage. And I like this. The next thing he said, it is I. Imagine, you know, you're in a wave. It's so crazy, right? The moving of the wave is so strong and violent. And then here comes Jesus. Take courage. It is I. What does it is I mean? It is I means this. The literal reading of it is I means I am. What does I am mean? We normally feel have to feel the, this is normally, when you use it, I am, you feel like it is a hanging sentence, right? Is I am what? I am here, I am coming, I am going, you know? I am so and so. But Jesus all he needed to say was, 
I am. What does I am mean? The two small words that says lots about this most awesome God that you and I believe in. The possibilities are infinite. You simply cannot list everything that God is. Those two words are profoundly meant to be followed by whatever need you and I need from God. We can continually fill in the blanks. When we are sad, depressed, or lonely, God is our loving, kind, edifying friend, saviour, and counsellor. He is our bountiful provider when we all fall on hard times. God is our divine healer when we are sick. He is our mighty protector who guards us and keeps us safe, free from harm. He is a teacher that fills us with knowledge and wisdom and orders our steps. What do you need God to be to you today? He is the architect that draws the well-thought-out plans for our lives. He anoints us with talents, abilities, and purpose. God is the prince and the author of peace. He is our deliverer, towering strength. He is our motivator when we need encouragement. He is our energy when we can't pick ourselves up. He is our shoulder to cry on and our stoic voice of reason. God is the master of all miracles. And that's why it's so powerful when Jesus said, take courage, it is I. It is I am. I am the great I am. So, what do you need God to be today for you? Would you take a moment and would you just close your eyes right now and just begin to speak to your soul. Speak to yourself and ask yourself, what do you need God to be for you right now in the season of your life? Whatever it is. two powerful small words can mean so many things. So many things God can be to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So what do you want? Do you want to walk a faith-walking experience? Or do you want to just choose an ordinary life? An ordinary life, nothing wrong with that. 
that I want to encourage you today. Step out. It's okay if you fall. It's okay if you fail. At least you tried. Because the hand of the Lord is ever so ready to reach out and pull you up. Ever so ready to lift you up and bring you back to a safe place. Well, actually, Peter was already saved the minute Jesus reached down and touched him. Caught hold of his hands, he was already saved. So, the decision is really in your hands. So, I'm going to read this short version of the story as you think. It was the next night. They had gathered together as usual. Peter, of course, was running late. A crowd of friends had joined the group for dinner. When Matthew brought up the story, last night, Peter made a fool of himself again. A voice rang out. What did Peter do this time? Do you know that Peter is a very loud person? He can also be very impulsive, right? So he says, what did Peter do this time? The crowd started laughing. Well, Philip spoke up. Well, we were all in the boat when a fierce storm arose. It was about three o'clock in the morning and we saw what appeared to be a ghost. Then a voice spoke and we realized it was Jesus. He was actually walking on water. It was amazing. Wow. James interrupted and said, Then Peter opened his big mouth and asked if he could join the master. He was, he's always trying to show off and trying to earn the Lord's favour. Yeah. But remember what happened next? Peter got out of the boat and he almost immediately started to sink. Of course, Jesus rescued him by reaching out, grabbing his arm and pulling him up. But then, he rebuked Peter for his lack of faith. The other disciples and a group of friends roared with laughter. Peter messed up again, one said. Another replied, he's always finding a way to fail Jesus. And Andrew concluded, my brother was lucky that Jesus was able to rescue him in the middle of that terrible, terrible storm. Hopefully he has learned a lesson. Maybe next time he'll stay in the boat just like the rest of us. The story doesn't end there. And now we want to hear Peter's version of the story. So he said, As I was on my way to dinner with the other disciples when I ran into an old fishing buddy. I was so excited about what had happened that I had to tell someone. I started telling the story. You'll never believe that what happened last night. I was in a boat and the rest of the guys were about 3 a.m. in the morning. The winds and the waves started to rock the boat back and forth. We were caught in the middle of a terrible storm. Then out of nowhere, we saw what happened to be an appearing ghost. The figure was walking on water. And then we heard his voice. It was the voice of Jesus. He told us not to be afraid. So I said, Master, if it is you, tell me to come on, on the water. And he told me to get out of the boat and come. So that's exactly what I did. I leapt out, 
Before I knew I was, what was happening, I was walking on water. It was amazing. Then all of a sudden, I realized I was in the middle of the huge storm. I started watching the waves instead of Jesus. Then it happened. I started sinking under the water. Immediately, I cried out to the Lord and begged Him to rescue me. He reached out His hand and pulled me up. He asked me why I ever doubted Him and encouraged me to have more faith next time. The other disciples just watched from the boat. I can't believe they didn't join me. Sure, I started to sink because of doubt. But at least I can say, I have walked on water. Maybe they'll learn from my experience and get out of the boat next time. So I want to challenge each and every one of you here this evening. Get out of the boat and walk. And experience a faith walking experience with God. So where are you right now? Are you on the beach, on the shore, standing there, just being a spectator? Or are you in the boat? Are you in the boat? Are you willing to step out? Or perhaps some of you are experiencing a sinking moment. Or whatever it is, know that the great I am is here with you. The great I am. Whatever you need God to be, He is here with you. So would you stand to your feet this evening as you just contemplate. Contemplate. And begin to talk to God and say, God, I need you. The great I am. You will continue to be whom need you to be. For some of us here, you sense that God is doing something more in your life. I encourage you, heed the word and the voice of God, of Jesus saying, come. Come. It's an invitation. Actually, it's a command. Come. God is calling you come. God is challenging you to be more, to do more, to give more, perhaps, I don't know. Come. For some of us, we need to step out and just walk to Jesus. Step out and walk close to Him. Step out and not live a mundane life, but really walk with our Almighty God who is ready. It doesn't matter. You can fail. You can try again. Because God is here. Amen. Amen. Would you just reach to the reach out to the Lord in the ground?